Absolutely. And that's where in my work as a social worker, I would often talk about this concept in psychology about post-traumatic growth. And that's that Mm. when we go through these challenging times, often we come out better on the other side of that. Mm. Uh, Maybe we have more awareness of ourselves and our needs, maybe whatever it is. And that's at an individual level. And even specifically when I would work with burn survivors, I would always say as well, there's a period that people who have been badly burned go through of why me? This wasn't my fault. Right. How could this have happened? Right. And there's a period of time for that. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons, the world's largest law firm with a global team that builds agile, tailored solutions to meet the local, national, and global needs of private and public clients of any size in 183 locations serving 75 countries. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Barnhouse. I'm a partner and lawyer in our Edmonton office. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the topic of women in entrepreneurship and leadership and the ecosystem supporting the growth of this segment. Today I'm joined by Amanda Wyatt, owner of Just Be Yoga. I'm excited to talk to her today about her unique perspective on organizational health and wellness. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to join you all. When we look at your background, we see social work, entrepreneur, yoga and meditation instructor. Can you give our listeners a little detail about these various facets of your background and what benefit that unique combination provides for your perspective on organizational health and wellness? Absolutely. Yeah, when I started earlier in my career as a social worker, um, one of the neat things about social work is you kind of never know where you may end up in your field. There's so many opportunities and so many different ways that you can grow your career that way. And um, although I didn't expect to find myself there, where I really found myself loving the work is in healthcare settings. And so in that capacity, I worked with first responders with PTSD for a period of time. I worked also with burn survivors and amputees. And what I really found was that I was working with all these people who were going through a really significant life change and were having to reshape how they they thought about themselves, about the way that they live in the world. And uh, for me, it was a, felt really honored to be able to witness some of that journey for them, right? And see so much resilience. Yeah. I always have thought working with these individuals I really hope that I can carry myself through something if I have something major that I'm going through in this life. And so I think that what I've realized now through my 15 years as a social worker is um, that we all go through these times. And I think now with the current pandemic, we're again all forced to look at how we live in the world, um, what works for us, what doesn't, things that we might need to change. And so as I started to uh, build my own yoga practice and then went through teacher training and started to be in the community teaching, I just wanted to really help people to see that it's a practice that's very accessible, that there's so many benefits from the mind, the body, that whole person perspective. And I think that that's where now we're going with organizations as well. In the previous years, it would be that we offer some small little snippets to employees for health and wellness. But I think that now organizations are really seeing the value of um, investing in their employees. And employees are also seeing the ways that keeping themselves healthy and well will make them better in the workplace as well. When you 
first started out, you said that you were working with some, you know, first responders and maybe some burn victims and stuff. And, and you, you witnessed the transformation in a very, probably in a very physical way for some of them, but in a very sort of emotional way for the, the trauma that they were dealing with. Do you, do you think that that transformation is limited to sort of those major things, major life events that might happen? Or does it, is it also in, in more minor ways, but it has a profound effect on people, um, you know, for what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis too? I think absolutely on a day-to-day basis, because um, if you talk with, say, a psychologist about the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system, they'll often talk about things like fight or flight or like this threat or perceived threat. But the way that I like to talk about it with people and how we when we manage say, the regulation in our bodies is that we live in a world with a lot of demands. So maybe they might not be life or death kind of threats, but in our right. day-to-day lives, we live in such a busy world to kind of trying to juggle all these different demands and just stay in our present moment and our best self so that we can deal with those the way we want to, right? Without feeling overwhelmed or anxious or out of control, even though we'll all have moments where we feel like that. And I think even if you look at from an evolutionary perspective, just that our environment has changed so much quicker than our bodies have been able to change. We can um, gain more control and ownership over some of those pieces of our biology. We're better equipped to handle all of these um, social and economic challenges of our day to day. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. You've touched on this and, and what you just said is also related to this. But one of the themes that we've heard on this podcast from other guests is around resiliency and what that means for an entrepreneur or what that means for an organization. And I know that you, as you've alluded to, you have a, a bit of a unique perspective on this and certainly, you know, through your direct experience. And you've mentioned that that resiliency is something that's achievable and accessible for many people. And I think that, that that's very interesting because a lot of our guests or a lot of people that we've spoken to or that I hear from kind of talk about how resiliency is like the thing to aim for, but perhaps that it's not accessible or it's not achievable for me right now because I'm juggling so many things or there's a pandemic or whatever the case is. And your, I know that you've indicated that your view is that it's actually easier to build than we think as long as we prioritize doing so, or as long as we, you know, consciously think about that. Can you speak to that a little bit and, and, and tell us a little bit about what your perspective is on that? Because I think it's very hopeful um, for our listeners to say, hey, this is something that I can aim for. It's not out of my reach. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I think one of the things that to build resiliency and one of the things that when I see people who are really able to manage some of these either day-to-day challenges or kind of major struggles that come with them is that we can really be intentional about it. And I think those are starting with intention is what gets us to it being achievable and accessible because often um, we just feel really overwhelmed and don't know where to start. Where in my workshops and my classes, we often, again, tap into some of those real basics of our biology. And I I tell people that I work with that it's not necessarily that I want to sell this idea that there's a quick fix or a Band-Aid solution Mm -hmm. to any of this, but sometimes we do just need the Band-Aid, right? Sometimes we do need to stop the bleeding. Um, Right, (laughs) yep. um, when, right before we can deal with some of um, these bigger issues. And so 
what I try to do is give a lot of kind of toolkit ideas. So for example, one of my absolute favorite ones is most of us have a habit or most people do this instinctually. Uh, If you're feeling really overwhelmed, one of the things you can do is place pressure around the bones of the eyes. So whether that's kind of between the forehead or the temples Mm -hmm. or even below the cheek, but you know, when you kind of just sit forward at your desk, like, Oh, what a day. And you, (laughs) and we actually know now through science that that causes us to slow our heart rate down. So sometimes if we can have interesting, um, basic little tips and tricks that can help us to bring ourselves down in the moment and we can get into the space where we're able to access that more logical side of our brain that helps us to break things down into steps and deal with them as they come. So I do kind of try to give people both approaches that we can, again, use our biology and work with our biology to help us to get into a more subtle space. And then we will see that effect over time. So of course, with anything, the very best things are to do things consistently. And again, when we go back to intention setting, usually when we set out an intention to, hey, I'm going to take five minutes at 1030 every day to really just bring myself back down. And here's some things I'm going to do. When we do that, we will see those benefits over time. But again, knowing that we still have these, these ways that we can access in a moment where we just need to settle as well. Yeah, I love that. I love how there's no requirement for a big expense to buy, you know, uh, specific equipment, or you don't have to cart equipment around with you. Like, as long as you have a hand or two and you've got a face, uh, you know, anybody can can do that as a in, in a moment to just just sort of, you know, calm themselves. And and then, as you say, build that into your regular kind of, you know, habit um, and and aim for that consistency. I think you're right. I think that's it's the consistency of anything that we do in life that really, uh, you know, it gives us some routine. It gives us some some knowledge of what it does. And if it has these corresponding biological benefits of slowing your heart rate and, you know, bringing you some some space and some ability to think. I think I think that's great, and I think that that's a really great example of something very tangible and accessible for for everybody. Um, you know, no matter where they are. So I think that's great. Speaking of resiliency, there's nothing like a pandemic to shine a light on the need for resiliency within organizations and a collective responsibility for organizations to prioritize their employees' mental health and wellness. What do you think organizations have to do to responsibly and ethically assist their employees to to navigate these challenging times? Do you have any examples of what this means and how organizations can show up on this point? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, one of the things we know as employees, we're really being called on to be really flexible with the changing Mm -hmm. needs of our business. And I think that our employers can also show that as well. And I think flexibility really is the key on both ends of it. So I've heard a lot in this time from disability advocates who employers are now more than ever willing to explore all the ways that they can support and um, accommodate their employees. And I think that that's pretty incredible because sometimes we get stuck in this fixed mindset of, well, here's here's what we can and can't do as an employer, um, where now we've kind of had to blow that wide open and the benefits um, of when employees are supported to do the work in the way that is best for them. Um, I know I've spoken with a lot of employers who their productivity is better than ever. And so Mm, now we've kind of passed away our old ideas about what is and isn't possible. And I always think about 
there's a saying that when nothing is certain, anything is possible. And that's kind of where we're yeah. at right now. But again, employers and employees both being flexible to what each other's needs are and, and how we can best achieve that and knowing that at the end of the day we all have that same goal of a really healthy and well workplace. That's interesting. There's such an analogy there. I, I early on in the pandemic I was speaking to one of my clients who had had a fairly traditional, you know, everybody came to the office and everybody worked these amounts of th- this number of hours on these days and we worked in teams and we all sat in a room and you know we do- did all these things that we're now no longer able to do. And her comment to me in the in the early days was that you know, like, I don't know how to get work done. Like, we just simply can't do it. And then she said, you know, after about two weeks, we we got over that. We got over the fact that we're, we just can't do business the way that we used to be able to or, you know, under the exact circumstances that we used to. And then she said, and then all of our collectively, our, our, our thinking shifted to not how come we can't do it the way that we used to, to how can we do work and how is it now possible for us to still accomplish whatever our goals are um, and what what changes are we going to have to do? How can we incorporate technology? And as soon as everybody's mindset shifted to the, well, that's no longer possible. So what is now possible? She said, we're now way more productive and we've got all these collaboration tools and we feel like we have more, you know, arsenal in our in our toolbox for we can do work the way we used to. But now we have this whole other avenue open to us, um, and we we may never have got there before because it simply wasn't necessary, and so people weren't really opening their mind or shifting their thinking. Um, but now all of a sudden, when there was these constraints, well, there's a whole lot of things that are that are actually available and possible and working actually very well. And so I think it maybe took some time for people to get into that mindset but now there's this whole world of things that are that are available and and I think that's that that's a close analogy to what you're talking about in terms of how can we support our our from an organization perspective how can we support our employees and make sure that people are producing in ways that are you know comfortable for them and that meet all of the health requirements and that still allow us to kind of move forward and get things done which I think is really interesting Absolutely. And that's right. In my work as a social worker, I would often talk about this concept in psychology about post-traumatic growth. And that's that Mm. when we go through these challenging times, often we come out better on the other side of that. Mm. Uh, Maybe we have more awareness ourselves and our needs, maybe whatever it is. And that's at an individual level. And even specifically when I would work with burn survivors, I would always say as well, there's a period that people who have been badly burned go through of why me? This wasn't my fault. Right. How could this have happened? Right. And and there's a period of time for that. And for some people, it's hours. (laughs) It's literally in the hospital. And they're like, hey, next. (laughs) For some people, that's many years. And I would say to them, you know, there there is a, a purpose and a reason in staying there. But at some point, you get to decide how much longer do I want to live here, right, in this space? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, once we kind of look, okay, but if this is what's in front of us, how do we take these next steps? And I think just what you said, right, that employers where you spend this time being like, how could this have happened? How right. are we going to move forward? And then we just start moving forward because we need to, and the amount of growth that comes out of that can be really remarkable. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> I think it's true that, in many cases, you wouldn't necessarily, or you know, rationally, you wouldn't choose the trauma that you're describing. But 
once it's happened, how do you how do you make the best of that opportunity? You might not have chosen for your business to have certain restraints on it, but now that it does, how do you how do you pivot or how do you move forward in a way that will still allow you to have some daylight in in your uh, in your business? So interestingly, you've your last answer touched on this, um, but I wanted to move just a little bit beyond organizations, uh, which is what we we focused on thus far, um, and from a from a personal or family standpoint, what lasting effects will the pandemic have for individuals and what opportunities has that created and how can people capitalize on those opportunities to try to turn some of these lessons or this growth into opportunities for, you know, what might continue, what might survive post-pandemic or post, I guess, any sort of disruption or trauma that an individual might have and how can they embed that within their, you know, their mindset moving forward? Yeah, I think, again, coming back to that idea, you know, where nothing is certain and anything is possible, I think that we've Mm -hmm. all, uh, at an individual level and with our families, had to look at the ways that we do things, and because we think that that's the only way, to the ways that we actually want to do things and really examine what are our values and what are our priorities. And I think even now that we've lived through a summer of COVID, where usually we Mm -hmm. have our vacations to look forward to our, like, we might be that, this is what I do every summer, or maybe I'm a, every February, I go to Mexico. That is who I am. Right. right? right. And the more yep. that we're realizing, but that's not who I am. That's something I do. And we just live in a way that we so much define ourselves by what we do that we have to look more closely at like, but actually who am I? Who am I when I strip away all of right. these things that I do? And so I think that's where a lot of opportunity lies. And I think that um, one of the advice that I give people in navigating this is, of course, being kind and compassionate to themselves and knowing that there are days that it's okay to feel like, oh, how will we ever (laughs) get through this, right? And there'll be days. Yeah, I've had enough. (laughs) (laughs) Not where we have to live, though, right? Sometimes we have a couple days there and then we think, oh, I just, that's how I feel and that's kind of, but again, we don't need to own that. It's normal to to ride out these different emotions as we go through it. But I think almost every person can probably talk about some way that this has had a positive impact either on their relationships with themselves or others in the way that we care about each other and understand our shared social responsibility to keep each other healthy and well and safe, you know, and I've even, Mm -hmm. an example that I've talked about before is, you know, in our our grandparents' days, or maybe in the 40s or 50s, you only flew somewhere if you were going to war, but that's really why why overseas, right, and how different that's changed to now, right, for so much yep. travel for leisure, but um, I think lots of people have explored what's in their back door, what's even in their backyards. <laughs> and yep. again, yeah. there's, there's so much opportunity in that. And if we, now that I think people may be settling into knowing that this is a bit more of a long haul, right? There's not, yep. um, we're looking at some time that we'll be living and working differently, but um, again, just so much opportunity for connection and for that better understanding of ourselves. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I like those, you know, those those kind of those little things, right? Like I've heard people talk about this summer. Oh, you know, I 
I explored Edmonton or I explored Calgary or I drove on the Banff Jasper Highway that I haven't done since I was a kid. Um, and I probably never would have done that because I thought I was going to Italy this summer or I thought I was, you know, I had other plans that that were, were kind of in the way. And and they've had this opportunity to kind of, you know, stay closer to home and and hang out with, you know, with family and friends and, and really get to know them in ways that they haven't. I've heard other business owners say that they really relish the the you know the the Zoom happy hours and they get a chance. Everybody's not <laughs> rushing off, um, and so they get a chance to connect with people in a way that perhaps they would not otherwise have have done because the circumstances have, you know, in some ways forced them to just just take it a little bit slower and and see what's right in front of their face that that otherwise you you might not have. I've also heard about families saying gee, I hope that when this pandemic is over, we still can have dinner together or we can still have, you know, family game night or movie night. Um, because when when we've got lessons and extracurricular activities and travel, nobody's in the same place at the same time. But we sure enjoy these things that these habits that we formed during the pandemic and hope that some of those can continue. So I think it's interesting to think about those opportunities as things we haven't maybe yet explored um, and what those mean, but also just sort of being grateful for the things that have landed on our our, on our lap as a result of this and think about those as opportunities to bring forward as well. Absolutely. And that makes me think of even one of my current clients I'm doing, I do some mental health workshops with. So we do yoga and meditation and breath work. And again, some of these kind of tips and tricks. And one of the clients there said, oh, my spouse actually sits to the side and listens to <laughs> that we do and so the opportunity to say like bring your spouse in like let your kids watch like this is really good right and that we can set those examples for our younger generations on again intentionally setting that time aside to care for ourselves no matter how busy Mm -hmm. it is or um even when we're home and, and accessing services remotely but um how amazing i think is an employee that their whole family has an understanding of what kind of health and wellness services their employer is offering right but it, i oh yeah yep. someone tucked to the side <laughs> even joke about that clients who um got to see the inside of my home where they never had before there so there's an intimacy right. in that and and inviting um I did sort of an MTV crib style <laughs> share of like show me your home yoga space like in my phone oh yeah this to be perfect but what's the space you're working with and um even when I started teaching back in the studio now I do studio and online um but uh people would be like oh I miss your cat in Shavasana <laughs> right <laughs> It gives us these real windows into also recognizing the humanness and all of the people that we connect with, right? That oh yeah, um, kind of yeah. to each other's lives. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's things we never, you know, never would have thought were kind of part of your everyday is to have that little window and see what your cat's doing and that kind of thing. But but now all day every day, that's what we do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, a little that's, bit Mr. Rogers, right? We a little bit. <laughs> we get yeah. invite people into our homes, right? Welcome to my neighborhood. We're going to do yeah. <laughs> a yoga and meditation practice today. So I think it's something I wouldn't have expected to enjoy as much as I have. Well, that's great. I'm I'm glad it's uh, I'm glad it's provided that little bit of insight into each of our you know our personal lives and how we show up at work and how we we bring that forward into the world. Amanda, where can our listeners find out more about Just Be Yoga? Yeah, um, we do have a website, www.justbe.com. 
yoga.ca and they can connect with me there but also on Facebook or Instagram I also um, teach in-person classes out of above average yoga and wellness so they could check out that website as well um, again for a lot of like-minded classes and there's really exciting workshops coming up for the fall too oh that's great I'm sure everybody will, will check that out it's been fun speaking with you today Amanda it's been so great thank you so much Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow to get notified when we have an update.